Welcome to the City Edge Church podcast. For more information, please visit our website at cityedgechurch.org.au. We hope that you enjoy this message. You know, my daughter this week, uh, you know, she has started prep this year and, uh, and she has just, something has awakened inside of her as an artist and a story writer, okay? Just incredible. But the thing is, is that she goes through nearly a ream of paper a week. <laughs> All right, it's like, I'm not kidding. It's like paper is just everywhere. And uh, and it's like, Daddy, I drew this other picture. And Mommy, look at this. I wrote a story and there's my name and there's all this stuff. And and just a couple of days ago, I I looked at her and I said, Darling, thank you for this this next picture that I'm not sure. There's no more room on the fridge. There's no more room. We'll put it somewhere, you know. And uh, and, and I said, Darling, I think there is a forest in Indonesia that doesn't exist anymore to meet your creativity. And uh, and she's looking at me like this. She looks at mom, looks back at me. It's like, anyway, here's the picture, you know. And, uh, and, and I, I just love that, that for her, she has such a trust that I, your dad's got it covered. Dad, it's fine. It's all good. I can, I can keep doing this. I can, you know, I, I know that, that this is all right because she looks at me uh, and, and thinks, isn't it an endless supply of paper? Does it just keep coming? You know, and, uh, and I love the childlike faith. I love the childlike faith that we're able to see God as a father that way and come with the same spirit and the same attitude that, Lord, I trust you as a source. Now, now God wants us to steward our lives well and steward our finances well and, and work to good budgets, all that sort of stuff. But I love the spirit that comes like a childlike faith that says, I just trust you that, Lord, I just know that everything's in your hands. My life is in your hands. My family, if I run a business, what my finances, my whole world is in the palm of your hands. And you know, I walked away from that little encounter with my daughter going, hey, my prayer is that everyone comes to God with that kind of heart and attitude that trusts Him that way, you know? And uh, I want us to open uh, in our Bibles to Philippians chapter 4, verses 10 to 19. This is a great letter that Paul wrote to the Philippian church in the middle of Macedonia, and uh, a cluster of churches that that were there, and and he writes this letter from a Roman prison. Now, this is nearing towards the end of his life, all right? He's given a whole life dedicated, really, uh, of his, most of his adult years, uh, to planting churches across Asia Minor and Europe, and God used him mightily to impact the known world at that time. So he writes this letter to the Philippians, who've just given such a generous gift, a generous miracle offering uh, to the ministry. It says here, how I praise the Lord that you are concerned about me again. I know you have always been concerned for me, but you didn't have the chance to help me. Not that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know now uh, how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I've learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Even so, you have done well to share with me in my present difficulty. As you know, you Philippians were the only ones who gave me financial help when I I first brought you the good news and then traveled on from Macedonia. No other church did this. Even when I was in Thessalonica, Thessalonica, you sent me help more than once. I don't say this because I I want a gift from you. Rather, I want you to receive the reward for your kindness. 
at that moment, I have all I need and more. I am generously supplied with the gifts you have sent me from Aphrodite's. Uh, they are a sweet-smelling sacrifice that is acceptable and pleasing to God. And this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from His glorious riches which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. Who loves that passage of Scripture? How powerful is that? Here's a man in chains in a Roman prison. Now, it's just incredible the picture of him writing this message to this church that has been so generous to the ministry. And uh, my first key that I see here is that it all starts with the heart. Everything in generosity begins with our heart. Whenever it comes to giving anything, any point of generosity, the heart gets captured by something. It gets captured. And I love that this Philippian church, they begin here knowing that their, their heart has been captured before God. And Paul starts by sharing that they have given him so much on many occasions, and he's so grateful. Uh, you know, even in the season that maybe they, they hadn't given for this, this season, he's not angry. He's not upset. Who knows what he had to go through in that time. But he writes saying, man, I'm so grateful for you. I'm so grateful for the way that you've given. And, and he just opens up with, with understanding for these people because he knows where they're at as well. See, the key is when you read about them in 2 Corinthians 8 and you read about what this church has gone through, what they've been through. As Paul, as he uh, went in and as he visited them, they have known poverty. They have known persecution for their faith. They are a church that have been through so much. And it says this just to explain their situation in 2 Corinthians 8, 2. And it says, they are being tested by many troubles. And they, have ver they are very poor, but they are also filled with abundant joy, which is overflowed in rich generosity. Now, that makes no sense at all. They're in, they're in poverty. They're being persecuted for their faith, but they are overflowing with abundant joy in generosity to give, and it's just overflowing from their lives. Something incredible has taken place in their world. And I can just see that here's the answer. Because it says in 2 Corinthians 8.5, for their first action was to give themselves to the Lord. They're in poverty. They're in persecution for their faith. But their first response in the midst of everything is to give themselves to the Lord. How many know that generosity begins from a heart and act of worship? They open up their heart before God and they surrender themselves before God. You don't have abundant joy in the midst of that situation. You don't have rich generosity thrown from your life unless first your heart has been open in that space of worship, to give yourself to the Lord. See, giving is an act of worship. It's an act of devotion and surrender before God and knowing that, Lord, no matter where I'm giving, whether it's my time, my giftedness and my serving, or my finances, or, or, or just purely living out of obedience to your word, living the way you've called me to, Lord, I know that it is all from a position of worship. It's not just from a, a position of just trying to ple just please you so that I can get accepted. No, no, I'm already accepted because of the cross. I'm, accepted, I'm accepted because of the blood of Jesus Christ. I'm accepted because what of what Christ has done on His merits, not my merits. So therefore, I come with an attitude out of grace and saying, Lord, because of all you've done for me, my gratefulness, my thankfulness is to come with a heart of worship saying, oh man, if not for the grace of God, 
there goes my life. There goes my life. And I love this picture is that these people, these Philippians who are, have been in poverty, who have known lack in their lives, but they've also known persecution, know how to be generous in that moment. See, whatever we worship grows stronger in our heart. It becomes the loudest voice that we listen to. It becomes the strongest vision that we can see. And it becomes the greatest sense that we feel around our lives. When your heart is captured, your life follows. It always follows when your heart is captured by the cause of heaven. And I just love that these Philippians show this. They, they show the key of how to do this. But also such a gratefulness for all that God has done for us. Everything. I want you to know today, God has given everything for us. You cannot outgive God. Not in any way, shape, or form. Because God is generous. Generosity begins with Him. It begins with His love. And so He's given everything for us. Francis Chan said this, God didn't just give a little for us. He gave His best. He gave Himself. He gave Himself. See, everything's been given for us. All promises, everything that God has for our lives, it's there waiting to be claimed by us before God, knowing that everything has been given for us at the cross. And I love that the heart that can come before God is first a heart of worship. The Philippians had a heart of worship, not just with song, but it was a heart of worship that moved them to action. It moved them to do something. It moved them to act upon what God was impressing upon their heart. And my prayer for all of us is that we would be the people that we'd be catching in our heart for all that God is doing. And how many know in our society today, it's so easy to get caught up in just the busyness of life? Get caught up in my needs. I've got bills to pay. Man, I've got cash flow things I've got to sort out in my business. I've got stuff going on here in my family. I've got things going on. There's work. There's things that tie there, whatever it may be. And we can look at life and we can get caught in the moment, can't we? And, but I, I just know that when our heart is open before God, God can broaden our view. Yeah, bigger than what's going on just in our own world. He can help us to see beyond that. And I love that Philippians showed this. They knew, man, with everything that's going on, by rights... By rights, they, they should have been able to just shut down and not worry about it. Hey, when you're just thinking by rights, all right? But, but we don't live by the world's economy. We live by our kingdom economy. We live by God's call in our lives. And I want to tell you, God had their number. And when they gathered together to say, hey, let's sow into this. Let's give our seed offering. Let's give our miracle offering. And God looked after them and took care of them. And I'll come back to that later. The second thing I see from Paul here is about living in the grace zone. God has called us to live in the grace zone in our lives. Paul opens up with the Philippians in, in four, uh, chapter 4, verses 12 to 13. It says, I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Paul identifies in this moment. He identifies where he has put his life into, where he's allowed his life to stay in contentment. He said, I've known how to live with a little in my life. I've known how to live with a lot in abundance in my life. I've known an empty stomach and I've known a full stomach. And I, I, I can just see anyone who's, who's lived a life long enough. We've all known lean times and we've all known abundant times, haven't we? And so Paul is saying, man, he's had the extremes of both ends. But he said, I can do all things through Christ 
who strengthens me. No matter what's going on, man, it doesn't make sense. This man is chained in a Roman prison on death row. He doesn't know what's going to happen. He doesn't know when his next meal's coming from. But this is his spirit, knowing that, man, I am empowered by grace. I'm empowered by grace. See, this man, Paul, he never grew up poor. He grew up born in Tarshish, which is in, 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 in the region that, that he was born in. It's actually, that was a, a trade city. And, uh, and anyone who was born there was under Roman rule, was born a citizen of Rome. So he came from Jewish parents, mom and dad, both Jewish, but he gets this great gift of being a Roman citizen as well. Now, there are people that paid huge money, and you read it in Acts as well, huge money to get their citizenship, but here he is, born into this. Man, it's kind of like one of those guys with a silver spoon in his mouth, you know what I mean? Ever heard of that? He's born with a Roman citizenship, he's Jewish, he gets the best education, he, he, he disciples under the great, uh, great Pharisees. He becomes a Pharisee himself. So he is the elite in society. All right? He, he, he's, born, he's, got, he's got all he needs. He is set up with status. He's set up with education. And he's well-to-do. All right? The man was set up to succeed in a Jewish culture. Set up. Yet on the road to Damascus, Jesus knocks him off his donkey He encounters Jesus Christ in his life and his whole world turns upside down. Suddenly the mindset that he had with his life is suddenly shifted where God begins to reveal to him all that education you got wasn't for the Jews, it's actually for the rest of the world. Everything that I've set you up, that citizenship you have, it's all for the cause that I've made you for. And so we see for the rest of his life, he goes out preaching the gospel, planting churches right across Asia Minor. And, uh, and man, the mark that he made, thank God that he went into the Gentiles. Because you and I, we're all here today because the gospel spread across the world. Over 2,000 years later, because one man made a decision to say, Lord, I'm going to give my life for you out of worship. I'm going to sow my life to you. I could, I could choose to stay here and just be a Pharisee and live this great life but I could choose to live the call of God over my life as well. And he chooses the right thing and he knows how to live in this grace. See, I've said over this series is that blessing is not the position of our bank account. Blessing is the position of our lives by God's account. Blessing is the position of our lives by God's account. See, I love the word that he says here. It says strengthen. When he says strengthen, it is a word that is just phenomenal. It, it, it's a Greek word that's pronounced endonamu. Endonamu. Everyone just say that. Endonamu. It's a cool word. But it means enabled or empowered. Enabled. I have been endonamu. I have been empowered by grace. By God's grace. And I believe there's something powerful when we are living our lives in obedience to God's word, in obedience to the leadership of the Holy Spirit, that there's an undonimal, a strengthening, an empowering of God's grace over our lives. Now, I want to explain something here. Oftentimes, when we think of finances or we think of the grace zone, sometimes we can look at it and think, well, God's just going to bring the money somehow. He's going to bring it through. Now, God can do that, and He does do that in many ways. But oftentimes, it can come in all sorts of different ways, shapes, and forms. Now, God is the source, but God can use all sorts of channels, can't He? All sorts of channels. And sometimes, it's, it's the ability that God is covering our holdings. 
looking after our holdings. As the Bible says in Malachi 3.10, that, that as, we, as we come and bring the, our tithe to the storehouse, that the, the promise is there, I'll open you the window, which is about revelation of what to do and how to make good decisions before God. And the other part is I'll rebuke the devourer for your sake. I will rebuke the devil. You don't have to rebuke the devil. God says, I'll rebuke him at the gates. I'll stand at the gates of your holdings and I'll rebuke him. See, what this may mean is, is that maybe you need a new car. Maybe you need time. But I believe that God can supernaturally empower so things can last longer than they should. You're thinking, oh, I don't know if that's real. Well, how come God's people in the desert for 40 years never had to go to the shoe shop and buy new shoes? Their clothes never wore out. So if God can do it then, God can move on your life today. Man, I, I've known seasons of lean time. I've known seasons, man, I've laid my hands on the bonnet of my car and said, you will run in Jesus' name. And that might weird you out, but that's okay. I've known times when I've had to wait to, to say, okay, we're going to buy this new car, but we can't do it till this moment. All right, so this thing's got to run. Things have got to happen. I want to tell you that no matter what your circumstance is right now, God can empower you by grace for the call of God over your life. He can. And sometimes we can feel the moments of stretch in our lives. But understand this, just like the Philippians, the people in Macedonia, the miracle comes when we stretch. The miracle comes when we're in the grace zone and we're obedient to God, when God calls us to be givers and calls us to be generous in our lives, regardless of our level. It's not about the capacity and the comparison from one to the other. It's just, this is where I'm at. This is what God's speaking in my heart. And this is what I'm going to come in faith with. That's what it's about. And so we know that God then, He can, he can move by His grace over all sorts of situations. Remember last year, Pastor Kate and I made a decision. We always come into agreement in prayer before our miracle offering. And we were upping our miracle offering from what we had done for the last two years. And we were saying, okay, we're going to, we're going to step it up this year to this level. And as we did that, you know, we, we, we sowed the pledge and we believed God. And, and, and then it wasn't long after that we realized that some of the renovations we had done in our home, we needed to do more renovations. And we'd already put a whole stack of money into that in the budget was kind of already extended. How many of you know that renovations can cost more than you want them to? All right. And, uh, and so we're at this point, we're like, okay, God, we're still, we're still sowing. We're still doing this. And we had a couple of things we had to sort out. And you know, I want to just say to the faithfulness of God, that God supernaturally moved out of nowhere, out of relative call me, out of nowhere. And like we'd, we'd given, and then they ring up and say, man, this A, B, and C has just happened. Uh, all sorts of different things. And God has got you on my heart, and I just wanted to sow this amount of money uh, back into you. I don't know why, but I can't get you off my heart. And uh, I'm like, okay, thank you, Lord. There's the bathroom that can start to get fixed up, which is great. There's God, thank you for that. I want to let you know, when you're obedient to God, no matter what your circumstances are, no matter where you're at in your life, God can come through for you. He can. And I'm not, I, I'm not saying the channel that He's going to use for your life. All I know is that we just set ourselves up for the miraculous. We set ourselves up for the breakthrough. And we can be stewarding well. We can be living to a budget. We can be living in obedience. And sometimes, just because of circumstances, just because of the way the economy went or whatever, you can know lean times. You can. But I want to say, trust God in those seasons. Don't pull back from your faith. Don't pull back from that childlike faith. It comes before God and says, you're still the source and I'm going to trust you. 
I'm going to put my life in you and know that you're in control. You know, I shared last week that I went through a season when Kate and I first got married over 15 years ago that, we, that God convicted my heart to get our finances in order and our house in order. Now, we had gone through a tough season in business. I was at a small business as well as being a youth pastor at the time. And, uh, and, and, and what happened was is that we had racked up this huge amount of credit card debt. And God said, I want you, I want you not only to be a giver and continue in your generosity, I need you to sort that out. I need you to get that right in your life. And so we went on a ne- next two and a half years, three-year journey of, regi- of, of, of getting that sorted in our lives. And just out of that act of faith, God just did miracle after miracle after miracle. I want to let you know in that time, we were able to, over a three-year period, save a deposit for our home by, while reducing that credit card debt down. Uh, and also, Kate corrected me last week uh, as well, because her hex debt was $18,000 for a degree. And, uh, and, and we, we were supposed to spend another, I think, two, two and a half years paying it off. You know, it got wiped out without us even knowing how that happened. Uh, it, we, we looked today, and I was talking to Kate just yesterday. I was saying, Are you, we, this, this is right, isn't it? The thing just got, yeah, it was two more years to go. And for some reason, it just got paid off. It got done. And I'm, we can't explain that. But all I can say is this, is that when you're in that grace zone, when you're at that grace zone, there's unexplainable things that can happen. Things can last longer than they should. Finance can flow in the, and breakthrough can come. The contract can come through for your business. Things can happen the way that you never thought. And sometimes we're looking in the moment saying, man, I don't know what the future holds. I don't know what's beyond tomorrow. I don't know what's coming. But the Lord says, hey, I'm the source. Stop looking at the problem. Stop looking at the issue. Trust me because I can move in this situation. The miracle comes when we stretch. And this is about the grace zone and trusting God. And the final thing is this, is that God promises breakthrough. Wow. 2 Corinthians 9.10 says this, For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer, the sower, and bread to eat. In the same way, He, provide, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. And I love what it says to the Philippians at the end of the of, of, of this chapter at verses, verse 19 of chapter 4 says, And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. How many know that's a promise? That's a promise from God. I want to let you know today, church, that God is no man's debtor. We cannot outgive him. We cannot put ourselves in a position where we can outgive God. It's been a couple of times in my life where I thought, God, you've stretched me beyond my capacity in this. But I've known this, that God, He will not be outgiven. All right? He is a generous God. He moves. He is no man's debtor. And God has our number, and we can know the power of His grace in our lives. And I I just want to encourage us all today to trust Him, that He promises breakthrough. He promises that breakthrough in our lives. I can't say how it happens, but God can move in our situation if we place our trust in Him throughout our lives. And you know, I I just believe today as we come together, as we stand together as a church and gather together in this moment in faith, I know that God's going to do some miracles in this place. God has been speaking to my heart over these last few weeks about the breakthroughs that I said earlier. I believe that there are businesses here that you're going to break through in your lives. I just know that. And we are going to be praying over every single person as the individual life, the families today, businesses, people's worlds. We're going to be believing God for breakthrough over your world today. 
Because I know that every Tuesday we, as we come to pray, we're lifting up and we're praying over that. And we're believing God that God's going to move. But I want to say today, is, as, as God has spoken to our hearts, if you're partnering today with the miracle offering, uh, let's not just sow it or pledge it today and kind of a set and forget thing. All right? Let, let's pledge, let's sow today uh, with our giving. And let's believe God that in this moment, we're going to keep praying over this. See, whenever I, I, I planted trees the other day, and I know that I've got to come back and keep watering them. I know that I've got to rip weeds out around them. I know that I've got to fertilize and keep doing it and just checking on these trees because I'm trying to grow a hedge in my front yard. And I know that if I just leave them there, um, I've had a good soaking the last couple of days. But over the January period, it was like, man, I've got to get out. We've got to water these things. I was getting my boys into action. Hey, boys, you want to go and water that garden? at the front, and uh, because I knew, man, if we don't do something about this, I'm not sure if those trees are going to last. Yeah, wow. And so I just think for us, let's be the people that as we sow, to stand in agreement and stand in prayer and know that God, when we sow seed, we know that you're going to bring the breakthrough. God provides seed to the sower and bread for food. That's his promise. All right. And God, he says, I will multiply the seed. I will multiply the seed in your world. So today as we come, and as we're sowing today uh, into the vision, into the future, I know that our heart is to, see, is to transform cities. This is who we are as a church. I know as we're sowing to a, a project this year, and I'll go through them in the moment, our ministries and our, our future building fund today, but I know that God has called us to be a church that impacts cities. I know that this is what God has put in our hearts. And I know today, as you're sowing seed today, I'm believing God that this is about God, uh, us together saying, Lord, we're, we're sowing into the future and we're sowing for every soul that's going to get saved, every life that's going to get impacted from now on, the baptisms of people that are going to happen from this. You know, last year we baptized 30 people. And you know, this year, I want, I want, we could see 40. We could, we could see 50 people baptized, water baptized this year for what God is doing. I love the families that are being restored. The testimonies that have come in. Why? Because our church is here ready to make a difference for our city. Ready into the future to make a difference in other cities as well. But I know as we sow today, we sow to the future. We sow to what God is wanting to do, impact cities and impact lives all around us. Amen. 